0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Temple of the Falls Pod, where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Recently, I got a cat. His name's Frankie. He's the most adorable little thing. He's he's wonderful. Uh, I can't wait for you to meet
1: him, Bruce. He's pretty cute, and I'm glad you named him already, because I have a tendency to take uh, the names of uh, when my friends get pets... And they don't name them right away because they want to see what the personality of the pet is first <laughs> i immediately named their cat after a meal so one of my friends their cat's name was lunch and their dog's name was dinner and after they named their cat and dog i continue to call them lunch and dinner <laughs> for almost a year <laughs> So- Lunch is a fantastic name for a cat.
0: <laughs> I kind of want to start calling him Frankie Lunch now. Wow, I think, I think my wife's gonna hate that. I
1: think Frankie is a very appropriate name for your cat.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean it was the name he came with. He's two years old. Figured, eh, might as well not change it. Yeah, yeah. But uh, all of this brings us to today's topic: uh, pet cards. The way I see pet cards, they're they're adjacent to staples. Uh, So staples are the cards that you more or less put in almost any deck, according to color and
1: whatever. If pet cards Uh, are adjacent to staples, does that make them paperclips?
0: Yeah, exactly. They're uh, yeah, they hold your deck together, right? (laughs) That's how I keep my decks uh, together. Is paperclips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's pretty much it. Like they're just kind of cards that you, whether intentionally or not kind of try to force into any deck um
1: that would allow them i think the other part of pet deck is you have to like the card there are some cards that i put in a lot of decks that i wouldn't call that a pet card we were just talking before we started a card like heartstone heartstone is an artifact it reduces cost of an activated ability and then there's another rider that says it can't get less become less than one but i put Hearthstone into a lot of decks um, just because I have a number of decks that do have activated abilities. I mean, Grenzo Dungeon Master is probably the most obvious situation <laughs> where that comes up. But it is in a number of decks, and I like what the card does, but I wouldn't say it's a pet card. It's you know, it's just a card that happens to have a handy ability and uh, shows up in those decks.
0: So. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the thing with Commander is that half half the cards or half the creatures generally will have activated abilities while the others have triggered abilities so like you know what it's a, I yeah um but yeah uh so I guess I'll start out um my first one uh funnily enough uh is kind of similar to Hearthstone uh but I like it um it's Joyer is familiar um Joyer's Familiar is a four-mana artifact creature bird, 2-2, flying, historic spells, which are artifacts, legendaries, and sagas, uh, cost one less to cast. Um, I cracked this open in my first pre-release for Dominaria, and I immediately was like, oh, this could make all my my commanders cheaper by one. Um, Granted it's not that optimized it's four mana for two two flying which is okay um here's frankie speaking of frankie yeah um he heard me talking about other pets
1: uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so i opened this up at uh dominaria pre-release saw the great synergy it has with commander tax commanders in general mm-hmm. um also commander uh decks tend to run a lot of artifacts and legendaries so i was like this seems seems pretty solid seems uh good but not like amazing uh and it's a 2-2 flyer so it helps block yeah uh, helps chip in for that small amount of damage Mm -hmm. and i just kind of fell in love with the card nice cute little owl
1: yeah the familiar is just not a card that i tend to think of when i'm putting my decks together yeah, which is kind of a shame because I do own them, and uh, I mean I run plenty of artifacts uh, and obviously legendary creatures, so there's no reason not to be uh, not to be running it. Um, yeah, I will say with my decks, I like to make sure I got a lot of flying creatures in there. It's easy built-in evasion.
0: Yeah, it's got the evasion. It also helps block flyers. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a solid little dude that. Doesn't feel too bad to throw away in a wrath, but really will help you if you need to play your commander a couple times, um, or any of your artifacts, legendaries, sagas, if you have them. So that's my first pet card. Makes good sense. Um, Yeah.
1: Um, My first pet card is, I'm going to go with something a lot older than that. Uh, I'm going to go with Apprentice Wizard. Yeah. Now, uh, for those of you at home who are sitting in front of your computer, uh, if you look up Apprentice Wizard... Please make sure you're looking at the dark version of Apprentice Wizard because that's the one I was looking at. That's the one I like to play with uh, when I first discovered the card. And the, it's basically the one that I continue to use. Well, that and the White Border 4th edition. But, you know, let's all pretend that I was <laughs> running Black Border the Dark because, you know, that would be the cooler one. Um, I really like this because I found that it was just this is this is ramp in blue oh yeah and it's it's a pet card for me because most of the time when i play it other people are like what is that card because almost no one has ever seen it or heard of it so there's a certain amount of surprise factor to it um to me it screamed it was that it was the perfect magic card i mean are you kidding it's a wizard and <laughs> and he's you know he's still learning the craft and the whole idea of it was just wonderful, and I liked it. It was a zero-one one creature, so you knew it was going to die easy. But just the idea that play an island, tap him, and all of a sudden you've got three now. That was just great. And then, um, so I was always using it in blue decks as a, a form of ramp. I started running a lot more blue decks that ran a ton of artifacts. Uh, so whether I was running an Esper deck or just a, a mono blue artifact... Um, the Apprentice Wizard was always showing up because he was just—it just proved yeah. to be really valuable. And it was just—yeah,
0: if you're heavy on artifacts, you don't really need any fixing,
1: right. and, As much. I mean, especially with Mono Blue. Uh, with Mono mm. Blue, once you get three mana out, it's probably those are probably three islands. Well, <laughs> you can play the Apprentice Wizard, and then on the next turn, you've got those three islands. You can change one of them into three regular mana. So now you're at five. And that's without even a land drop. So, um, but I mean I'm not really trying to sell the card as being, you know, ramp replacement. I mean, it's you know, it is a zero one, it's pretty delicate. It doesn't give you any mana when you first play it. So, you know, this is not an all-star card here, but I like it. I like everything I like everything about the card. I like the image, I like the I like the throwback feel that it has for me. Um, I, yeah, I just it's something that uh, that I enjoy.
0: Yeah, so. and I think with both of these cards, it's it's got this nice factor where your opponents aren't really going to use their targeted removal for it. Well, yeah, unless and, they're really right, because this is struggling,
1: right? These are pet cards uh, that are not like they're not useless, but they're not uber powerful. They're not your opponent is going to look across the board and say, "Oh, that's got to go." I mean, they're not; they're just not so.
0: And if it does get killed, I've got a, a little black pet card.
1: Um
0: it's a it's common from Stronghold. Ooh. Yeah. So it's it's a little old. Um it's called Tortured Existence. It's one black. It's an enchantment. Um, I may have talked about this during our Temples treasures yes. a couple of months back. Um but I put it in almost any black deck I have. Uh, because it's, you know, uh, instant speed um, once you have it out. It obviously. does great work. Um, it does amazing work. So what it says is for a black and choose and discard a creature card, uh, return target creature card from your graveyard to your hand. So if something one of your, your key creatures just died or if your commander just died and you've got this out on the board, it's really easy to get something big back from the graveyard by pitching something small
1: <laughs> um
0: yeah uh, i mean it's it's all about trading with the graveyard
1: it's nice because it's a card that that offers you graveyard recursion without really requiring your deck to have that as a theme it right it can do it all on its own um, yeah
0: you don't need to build around this card right uh, and
1: as long as you're running creatures <clears throat> it's going to work for you you can use it to loop say you know if you've got a relatively inexpensive card that you have to sacrifice to get some ability well then you can you know in the early game you can take that big huge six or seven mana card a creature to get the the cheaper one back to your hand Mm. so you can play it out and sack it to get the effect repeatedly in the early game and in the late game you get to flip that on its head so you can take cards from your hand that just are not going to affect the board at that at the late stage and dump that in the graveyard to get out the big guards that are going to do work in late stage so it's a it's a really nice setup and yeah
0: Yeah. you know what this works really well in madness um Mm -hmm. you know your creatures got madness dump it pay for it now you got a card back in your hand and a card on the battlefield right uh it's it's a great card yeah
1: no this highly is highly recommend check it out even the 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 stronghold version is 93 cents right now so yeah. um it's uh, it's hardly something that's gonna it's gonna break the bank for anybody yeah my next one i'm gonna stick with the with the mana ramp theme okay uh, i'm gonna go with felwar stone Ooh. now so uh felwar stone. Again, strongly recommend you check out the 5th uh, the edition version, or the 4th, or... Yeah. Wow, um,
0: this went up in price. This needs a reprint.
1: Wow. It really did. Um, <laughs> Felwar, Felwar Stone has gained in popularity because it keeps showing up in all the commander decks. And people are starting to realize now that if you play the Felwar Stone, you're almost certainly going to be able to tap it for any of the colors in your current deck, or at least for some of the colors. And quite honestly, if it taps for three or four of the colors that you might want, great. Felwar Stone is also really handy when you're playing decks where you steal opponent's creatures. Mm. Because the stone's going to make the color that you may need to activate that ability or to do something relating to that. I love the Felwar Stone from pre-Commander days. Uh, I would happily run two or even three of these in decks when I was playing, you know, a 60-card casual games with, with three other people and... Where there was no no restriction on color, so this was an easy way to 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 get the colors I needed. Um, back then, fellwar stone was inexpensive, and it was an easy way to get some some early ramp. Um, and most players just didn't seem to recognize the value that was uh, that was coming out of fellwar stone. And I loved yeah. it. I put it in every deck constantly, just because at worst it's adding mana of a color that I didn't need. Well, it's still it's still <laughs> giving me mana. And it's right. two. It only costs 2. And I think yeah. that's part of the reason why we're seeing the price being driven up. But as I said, this is a card that I've been using for a long time and it was my go-to long before Signets even existed. <clears throat> and I mean, you know, realistically, if you can rely on your opponents to play a lot of colors, then the Felwar stone is always going to be better than a signet. Now, yeah, that's not always the case, but right. Yeah. I
0: mean, you know, the chance like there's a- you obviously have a better chance of getting green or blue out of this, but like you also have three opponents, so like the chances of getting at least four colors is pretty high, um, at least mid game. Right. Um, and you're paying two, which is just like a mm-hmm. signet. But the great thing about this is that you don't have to put one into it, um, like Signets. You have to tap with something else, mm-hmm. um, and this just taps on its own. It's beautiful. Yeah, marvelous.
1: So it was a, Chef Kiss. It was an, an easy include uh, in a lot of my decks, and it continues to be that way. Um, yeah, I just I like I like Valor Stone. It's it's basic. It's straightforward. Uh, yeah. And seems like
0: they are replacing it with Arcane Zygmunt, <clears> but...
1: Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I will say, though, Felwar Stone, you, can, you don't have to be playing Commander to use it. Yeah, that's true. For the audience that doesn't realize it, um, Andy and I play in a group where, uh, at least when we were playing in person, then uh, roughly 50% of our games were 60-card games as opposed to Commander. So, uh, cards like Felwar Stone and uh, and other cards that where you could do multiples were uh, were pretty pretty valuable. Like, uh, so mm. a, a, an Arcane Signet's going to have less play in our in our sixty right. card decks than otherwise. But in any event, love me some Felwar Stone. Andy, what do you got?
0: <clears throat> I'll tell you. Right after this message, uh, let's let's go to break. Uh, we'll be right back uh, after a brief ad from our sponsor. We're right back. Uh, this episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Moon Eating Dog. Hey, put that down. No,
1: down. This episode of Temple of the False Pod is brought to you by Tortured Existence. For those times in those days when sometimes you just need a little something different you need some strange go find it it's likely dead, just bring it back it'll be fine just brush off the rot tortured existence and now back to you hey hey we're back i know you yeah
0: so i guess it's my turn now yeah um my next one it's white it's an instant it exiles it's called blessed light uh it's four and a white uh it says exile target creature or enchantment
1: um who knew or enchantment would cost four mana yeah right um i mean i guess technically uh, you don't have to let them have a land and you don't give them life either, so there's that. Yeah,
0: um, it's not good.
1: So it's, it's not good, right? But why is this your uh, pet card? Is there a reason? I don't know. I opened
0: it uh, during my Dominar pre-release. Uh, you can sense a theme here, uh-huh. and uh, I I like. I mean, everyone's gonna uh, you know give the white player the benefit of the doubt anyway. Um, leaving five mana open is a lot um but also having this at instant is pretty good I mean like obviously there are swords plowshare path to mm-hmm. exile um the fact that this hits enchantments is pretty good not enough people run enchantment removal uh the fact that this exiles is pretty good uh granted the two that I the two cards I just mentioned also exile um but yeah uh it's it's a thing people won't expect um granted at five mana they could expect anything
1: so um i find it interesting just because i like the uh, um as an older school player generally <laughs> speaking white offers up creature removal or creature exile and then it was artifact and enchantment and Wizards has sort of gotten away from that whole white getting rid of artifacts thing and shifted it more into these two slots. Yeah. So the idea that, you know, instead of disenchant, which was artifact or enchantment, now it's blessed light and it was sort of creature or enchantment. I just like the, the feel of how that works because, you know, it's like Wizards is saying, we're moving away from this, but you know what? We'll give you a little, a nod to the past in that we're still going to let you choose two different kinds of permanent yeah. to get rid of. I like that.
0: Yeah, that I think that yeah, and I think that's kind of the thing that I like about this is that it's flexible, which is great. Um, but it also like white has the tendency to play the political game, like oh, I'm going to take this from you, but you get this thing instead, you know? Right. Uh, whether it's life from pa from swords. Um, a land from path to exile an elephant from uh, generous gift this for a little extra mana you don't give them anything um and i think that's pretty cool <laughs> um it it feels like a very clean card right uh design wise and uh there's no like there's no breaking this <laughs> it's just it is what it is you do the thing and it's done yeah i I like it nice it's uh i i try to force it into my white decks uh, as
1: often as possible
0: um i really like this in 60 card um where you just kind of want
1: uh where you have fewer card options so you want your cards to do multiple things and yeah you'll pay a little extra to make it happen
0: i like that um yeah what's your next one
1: uh well let's uh let's continue down the path of of all things white and uh (laughs) Uh, this will give me a long pass. <laughs> yeah, it could be. Um, this is uh, my next card. Is uh, a little older. Um, it's originally from Mirage, and it's uh, it's called Sacred Mesa. Ooh. Just kidding. I don't know what it does. Sacred Mesa. It's a three mana enchantment, two and a white. Okay. Uh, and it says, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do the Oracle text. At the beginning of your upkeep. Sacrifice Sacred Mesa unless you sacrifice a Pegasus. Hmm. Now, for one and a white, you can create a 1-1 white Pegasus creature token with flying. The reason that this is a pet card for me is because uh, I opened three of these during Mirage. And I think I may have cracked, I don't know, 15 or 20 packs of Mirage total. So the odds of getting three of them, because they are rare is is not good but and you know and i would suggest that most people would say to me that i have incredibly bad luck to be stuck with three of these cards but i like the card it's relatively benign and you get a lot of people who will try and get rid of it by killing off any pegasus you might have and then saying haha it's it's going to die in your upkeep well you can always tap more mana at the start of your upkeep right it says it's a three-mana card, but you can't cast it when you only have three. Because if you do, then on their next turn, you have to spend two just to keep it around. And you have to spend two every turn to keep it around. So this <laughs> thing just burnt, eats up your mana horribly. You don't want that. So you're going to want to wait until you've probably got five mana, at, at least. least. And then go from there. Um, but I ran a lot of decks that you know virtually any deck that could abuse a token strategy always sees one of these in the deck and it's probably silly because there are far more effective ways to run tokens but i like this one Um, i like the idea of a 1-1 flyer Um, and you know it's not a spirit it's something different (laughs) Um, yeah magic doesn't have enough pegasus in it i found all kinds of ways to try and make this happen And it was just, you know, it was just a fun card that I enjoyed using. And um, and you can, you know, wait until your opponent's last turn and then funnel all of your mana in there to make Pegasus tokens. I mean, I had plenty of, I had a handful of games that I can think of where I had more than 15 or 20 of these tokens and that I had gotten them the hard way. I literally poured the mana in to get them. Um, So... It was it was you know it was always a blast to use and it was always fun when an opponent saw an opportunity and they were like ha ha you don't have your sacred mesa anymore and then on the next turn i just put out another one because <laughs> ha ha surprise um so it was you know that sort of thing was uh was something i enjoyed doing and i still like putting it in decks nowadays um i mean a one one flyer is a great chump blocker uh, if you need fodder, you can always add more. It's uh, yeah. you know, it's just it's a fun card to have. I wouldn't say that I'm a big fan of Margaret organ Keen's work, but uh, this is <laughs> this is definitely one of my favorites. So good, yeah. Andy, what do you got?
0: Um, my next one. You know, we'll just keep going down that that white white path. Um, <clears throat> it's called On Sarah's Wings. Um, this has uh, gotten a reprint in Commander of Legends, but. Got its first uh, printing in Dominaria. Um, It's three and a white. It's a legendary enchantment aura. Enchant creature. Enchanted creature is legendary. Gets plus one, plus one. Has flying, vigilance, and lifelink. Um, It's all the things you want in a white creature. And it just kind of gives it to them for four mana. This card uh, I cracked in a... (laughs) My very first pre release, mm-hmm. Dominaria. Um, threw it on a Traxus, slammed in for heck of a lot of damage. Yep. Vigilance, and, on tra- v- vigilance on Traxxas Vigilance mm-hmm. on Traxus, flying on Traxus, plus one plus one and lifelink. So I ended up getting eight life. Mm-hmm. It was a sixteen point swing. It was uh, beautiful. Um, the fact like it gives flying vigilance, lifelink. It's all it's all great. Um the fact that it gives legendary is less great, but like, I'm sure there's something there. Um, I, I guess. So where this does come in handy <laughs> uh, is I know specifically black Blade reforged has a different uh, equip cost if the creature's legendary, but like, that's, I mean, you know, there are a handful of synergies uh, that care about, Legendary, but it's excellent. Um, you know, especially with Jorah's Familiar, it costs one less. If you're playing an enchantment deck, I'm sure you can get it down to just a single white. Yeah, it's it's powerful. Vigilance and Lifelink together is a very uh fun <laughs> combination. Oh, you don't have to sell uh, me on I, this. Yeah, uh, I I love to throw this in most white decks. Um, you know.
1: I'm old school. I like the I like the idea of you know creating your own your own Sarah Angel. So yeah, um,
0: <laughs> is your next card also white?
1: <clears throat> Why yes it is. Um, wow. Uh, we're gonna go with uh, a card that most people have probably heard of, uh, Divine Visitation. Now what's that? Divine Visitation is a five mana enchantment. Three and two, Whoa. three and two white. It says if one or more creature tokens would be created under your control, that many four-four white angel creature tokens with flying and vigilance are created instead. Now, speak of the angel. <clears throat> exactly, just makes you a bunch of Sarah angels. Right, it's crazy. Divine Visitation is a pet card. Just because I love token creatures, I I, I love token creatures. I make sapperlings. i make, You name the token i'm generally in favor of of building a deck that will make it i I mean i always laughed when this card first came out i thought well this combos with so many cards so many cards and you could put it in any white deck because eventually your white deck is going to make a soldier token it's going to you know you are going to get a beast token or uh so what i did was do this daily thing on twitter and it was you can look it up it's the hashtag is daily divine visitation vespers all one word i know it's a <laughs> mouthful but i like alliteration i'll link
0: it below too yeah i
1: like alliteration and so every day for oh i don't know how long um it was very long. it was very long i think i got to 200 cards i can't oh, i wow. can't recall but it was a long time um and i just kept i would put divine visitation out and then I would choose a card that made a token or was some or somehow benefited from divine visitation. Now, most of the time it's because it made a token. So let's say deranged hermit makes a bunch of squirrels. Well, instead of making four one one squirrels that become two-two squirrels with deranged hermit, you make four 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 angels with vigilance and flying. Mm. Well, suddenly that deranged hermit is now something of a, a prophet, borderline God making four, four angels. But um, so I would include that card in a picture on Twitter and I would post it that day. And the next day I would find a different card and post that. And the next day was a different card and posted that. And I kept this up for 200 days of finding magic cards that comboed profitably with another card or, and posted it on Twitter. And I did this every day for... A very long time. I only stopped because I just—it was a combination of either boredom or uh just ran out of steam. I guarantee you, there's at least a hundred more cards that will combo with Divine Visitation because wizards can't get away from making token creatures, and almost all the token creatures that get made aren't as good as a four-four flying vigilance angel. But it's uh, been—it's been a lot of fun running this card. and having said that, it really hasn't come up in my gameplay very often. It doesn't show up that often in games. i got it in a couple of decks, but it just never seems to be there. Or make more <laughs> than a couple of tokens, and then it's just sort of done. So, yeah.
0: Yeah, I believe you did it from the middle of December 2018 to, like, end of May 2019. Okay, so... Almost every day. So
1: six months... Uh, it was probably five days a week. I don't know that I did it on the weekends, mm. but for six months at five days a week, uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'll
0: post. A, I'll post a link to uh, a Twitter search for it. Um, but my favorites are the ones you did at the beginning of April, as kind of like an April Fool's joke, where where it does end up oh, being a non-bo. A non-bo like, yeah, because like obviously there are going to be uh, examples where it it doesn't work very well. Well,
1: Martelage, Sacred Mesa, you know, there's there's all sorts of uh, decks where the focus is on a specific creature type. So, I mean, there are soldier decks where soldiers always get the bonus to the point where your soldiers would be bigger than your angels. Well, okay, so obviously those are, you know, not the best situation, but... um, Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, it's not perfect every time, but... A big chunk of the time, Divine Visitation, will do work. And I love the idea that some of the cards are just sort of... It's comical when you picture the card in, a, uh, in, a, in, a, in like a story mode. Put on your Vorthos hat. So the idea of Doom Traveler, uh, you know, when he is killed, then his spirit comes and his spirit is now there. Well, that's great. It's, yeah. But now you take that story and Doom Traveler dies and then becomes comes back as an avenging angel looking to crush you <laughs> i mean that's a different story and and i just there are so many times when you're getting an innocuous token and suddenly you're not getting an innocuous token um what is it mere battle sphere mm. um now yes it would be nice to be able to take those mirror and tap them to do the damage with the mere battle sphere but on the other hand Mere Battlesphere with four, four, four angels that fly. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, so it just, you know, it, it it changes the story in your head a little. And I, I got a kick out of that. And I still like the card. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Divine Visitation. So. Um, yeah.
0: Um, my last one. Yeah. Has White in it. But it's not from Dominaria it's ethereal absolution it's an enchantment that says creatures you control get plus one plus one creatures your opponents control get minus one minus one and then for two white black you can exile target creature from an opponent's graveyard if it was a creature card you create a one one white and black spirit creature token with flying i've had a lot of fun with this card (laughs) um So much so that I try to force it into every white-black deck I have. Obviously, great in, um... In a Divine Visitation deck? Yeah, in a Divine Visitation (laughs) deck. In my Tesa deck, which actually... I think I need to put it back in. Um, don't tell anyone, but I think I took it out. Uh, because it's six mana. Right. Um, but, uh... It pumps up tokens extremely well. Um it clears your opponent's boards fairly well. And the fact that it's activated ability is, I mean, not restricted to sorcery speed is amazing. You can do it in response Mm -hmm. to somebody trying to take a creature out of their graveyard, Um, which feels mean, but (laughs) it's the game. Um, And especially at four mana, um, it sometimes is hard to get there, but uh if you have nothing else to do with your mana um which i have been stuck with uh plenty of times in things like my Tesa deck uh it gives you a little spirit um as long as your opponents have creatures in their graveyard or in their graveyard it's it's a it's a fun one yeah
1: um i'm gonna wrap this one up with another old school card um and uh this is going to be one of those cards that people are going to be looking they're going to look at they're going to say that's cool we're going to get one and then i'm going to say you can't because you know reserve list what could reserve this list be? massive oh, pricing all kinds oh, of stuff is, uh,
0: is this do i know what this I is
1: i suspect you do um
0: have we talked about this on the
1: i talk about this card all the time I, I oh, rave yeah. about this card this card is so good it is criminally underplayed uh, I wish that Wizards had a way to uh, a way to reprint this card it does so much work and there are very few cards out there that can do what this card does this is tombstone stairwell it costs four mana it's two and two black And I'll read the oracle text because reading the regular text is just difficult. Okay, so it has a cumulative (laughs) upkeep of one and a black. Don't worry about that cumulative upkeep. Just don't worry about it. This card's worth it. Trust me on this. At the beginning of each upkeep. Each upkeep. Not your upkeep. Each upkeep. If Tombstone stairwell is on the battlefield, each player creates a 2-2 black zombie creature token with haste named Tomb Spawn. That's right. Your zombie tokens have a name. (laughs) And you get one for each creature in their graveyard. Now, at the beginning of each end step, or when Tombstone Stairwell leaves the battlefield, destroy all tokens created with Tombstone Stairwell. They can't be regenerated. What this means, how it actually plays out is, you play the stairwell. Nothing <clears> happens. Your next opponent, or your ne- the next player, starts their turn on their upkeep, before they even draw a card. Everybody counts the creature cards in their graveyards. And they get that many 2-2 zombie tokens, named Tomb Spawn. Oh, yeah. So, everybody's got all these tokens. They all have haste. The player, that player, goes through their turn. Now, if they want to attack, they're welcome to. If they don't want to, they don't have to. They've got 2-2 two, two token, two, two zombie tokens there for however many creatures are in their graveyard. At the end of their turn, all of these tomb spawn tokens die. So, now, with tokens, that does mean... They go to the graveyard, obviously they're tokens, the card doesn't sit there, but they do go to the graveyard. So they activate any abilities where it says when a creature dies. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens then? The next person takes their turn and we do it all over again. All right, right off the bat, let me introduce you to, or let me remind you of Blood Artist. So Blood Artist. Whenever Blood Artist or another creature dies, target player loses one life and you gain one life. And that's anybody's creature. Right. So what happens on your first opponent's end step when all of these tokens die? Let's say there's only four of you playing. Let's say there's only eight tokens. Let's say that each person only has two creatures in their creature cards in their graveyard. That means... I get to decide who loses eight life, and I gain eight life. And that's only if there's only eight creature cards in the graveyard. If you're playing Tombstone Stairwell, you're loading your graveyard. You, by yourself, probably have four or five creature cards in your graveyard. One round of mass removal. Hmm will add another six cards, seven, seven creatures. Realistically, you're looking at 10 or 12 creatures dying on each person's turn. So by the time it gets back to you, 40 creatures have likely died in that period of time. So with one little lame blood artist, you can have dealt 40 damage and gained 40 life. Now you can spread the damage around any way you want because it's one life at a time. It doesn't have to be all to one player. You do it however you want, but you can beat the tar out of a table in one round, even with, as I said, with only eight creatures in the graveyard because that's eight damage every single turn. With only eight creatures, you're doing 32 damage in one round of play and gaining 32 life, and that's with just a Blood Artist there's a handful of other cards that do it that do, can do it better than the blood artist I mean all you find a card that does a point of damage to every player every time a creature goes to the graveyard yeah, yeah. and this is just the blood artist portion there are uh, think of all the cards that like think of creatures that get a plus and plus one counter every time a creature goes to the graveyard. think yeah. about all of these all these situations where you can get a bonus. If a creature goes to the graveyard, there's tons of them, tons of them. You, it's It's ridiculous how effective this card is at doing this. And this doesn't even consider. If you're loading the graveyard and you have five creatures and each of your opponents only have two in their graveyard, it means you have five tomb spawn tokens and they only each have two. Send all five at somebody. You do six points of damage because they can't block it all yeah and who cares if the creatures die they're dying at the end of the turn anyway you're going to get more so beautiful just keep burning them and you know it's just you know okay you want to do a wrath effect and kill off my blood artist fine i've got other stuff in hand i'll make it work and if it just means that you're adding more tomb spawn i'll run you over with those too they are zombie tokens, <laughs> so if you want to run just a straight zombie deck, oh, you can yeah. certainly do that with these, and they'll they'll ramp things through the roof. Um, just, there are just there so many ways to use uh, Tombstone Stairwell, and you know, like I said, I'm just describing one of them. I have run these cards in so many different decks. I love this card, love it. Uh, it it just does great work the real downside to this card it's only been printed in mirage and we've seen a significant price spike so it's at it's about 18 close to 20 yeah, somewhere around 20 bucks uh sorry folks um if you didn't if you weren't able to get in on this ahead of time but
0: uh
1: (laughs) hey it's maybe
0: your playgroup likes proxies (laughs) um
1: and i will say if anything the cumulative upkeep is a bonus for this hmm So many players look at this and say, let me wait and see if he pays the upkeep.
0: Two's nothing. So
1: they will wait and let you get all of these zombies into play and out of play and into play and out of play. I mean, just a carrion feeder. You know, and that's only your tokens. But yeah, sure. Boom. You feed them off every single time. And that carrion feeder is getting all these plus one, plus one counters. You now there's all kinds of benefits, but the players will let it get all the way to your turn and wait to see if you play the upkeep before they use removal. And then they're like, "Oh, you're going to pay the upkeep? Great." And now I'll disenchant it. I'm like, "Okay. So, I paid 2 mana to keep this in play for the entire round because they're not huh. willing to they didn't want to use their their enchantment removal until i paid the upkeep they wanted to see me spend a little more mana i'm like okay <laughs> that was built into this uh it, it just meant that i got all of these activations be- because you were trying to get just a little more value out of your thing you gave me a ton of value more than i expected <laughs> so bonus um yeah. and i don't think i've ever paid the upkeep more than twice i don't think i've ever paid six mana yeah i will say uh if you're playing a 60 card or have some way to make multiple copies of the stairwell the stairwell is also a world enchantment which means that if there's another world enchantment in play it goes away it dies so you can't have more than one world enchantment in play so you know don't try and duplicate it uh you know, be happy you're getting one, and don't go too far there. Tombstone Stairwell is just a great card, and it's it's definitely one of my it's definitely one of my early pet cards. Uh, I've been stuffing this in in black decks for a very long time. Andy, that's all I got. Yeah. That's all I got.
0: I think uh, it's plenty long enough. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you uh, ever want to meet Frankie, let me know. I'll send you a picture, dear listener. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do it for us tonight. Um, if you have a pet card that you really want to share with us, let us know. We're on Twitter at uh, FallspotMTG. we We got an email address, fallspotmtg at gmail.com. Uh, we've got an Instagram, uh, also FallspotMTG. Um, thanks for hanging out today. Uh, we're temple of Fallspot where our decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun! Sure as heck are fun. Sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I'm Bruce. Have a great day, and uh, may your fifth land be the temple. Bye! <laughs> hey everyone, Andy here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Temple of the False Spot. Just a few housekeeping things here at the end of the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much wherever you can find podcasts. Subscribe and give us a review. It really helps out the show. And it'll show us what you like about our podcast. Uh, Also, we've got a Twitter and an Instagram. Our handle is falsepodmtg, all one word. So be sure to follow us. Feel free to reach out to us there or drop us an email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com and tell us your favorite magic-related story. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again to you and to Bruce. He's mana Burned on Twitter, and I'm Andy Weekend on Twitter and Twitch. We're Temple of the Pod, where our decks aren't optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. Have a great night, and may your fifth land be the temple.